Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The Bears kicked off the 2014 regular season on Sunday with a visit from the AFC East Buffalo Bills looking to get this year's campaign off on the right foot at Soldier Field. Did we get the result we wanted, or are we trying to find out what went wrong? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. So, um, yeah, that happened yesterday, and, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to put a pretty face on something that was so ugly, you know what I mean? What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review, and we were hoping, uh, steadfast and confident that we would be having a victory episode today when the Buffalo Bills were coming into town, uh, uh, a place where they hadn't won a game ever, um, and uh, you know uh, that all changed uh, yesterday after our defense gave up 193 yards on the ground, and uh, after the Bears committed three turnovers that generated 13 of Buffalo's 23 points on Sunday. It, in the end, it really was the margin of victory. Uh, you know, it's like I'll break down the stats for you on paper. Aside from the turnover battle, uh, the Bears won everywhere else. Uh, they won in total offense. They won a time of possession. First downs was two to one. You know, third down conversions, everything, top to bottom, uh, except for rushing yards, which the ones that they gave up, and the turnover battle. That was the difference uh, in the game. And uh, you know, even even despite. Um, you know, the 193 yards without those turnovers, we still win the game. Um, yeah. So anyway, they, uh, they blew it yesterday. They lost the game and, uh, you know, had to come from behind just to send it to overtime. But, uh, you know, there were some missed opportunities along the way. And we'll talk about those, uh, as we go along with, uh, the return of everybody's favorite regular season segment, Bear Up and Bear Down. And it's it's going to be a short segment this week. Not a whole lot of people kind of stood out as far as being uh, MVPs or being, you know, most unvaluable players. But uh, there's a list, and, and I'm sure that most of you know who will and uh, who will be on each list, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we come to it. So, but... Uh, Enough of the formalities. Let's go ahead and dive right in 
It's the review episode, so let's talk about what happened on Sunday between the Bears and the Bills. Let's go ahead and dive right in with the first quarter knee-jerk reaction. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Bills. And it was, uh, it started off pretty well. Uh, The Bears got a three and out from Buffalo on the first drive and followed up with a four-play drive in which Cutler was three for three through a touchdown pass to Martellus Bennett. In that first drive, the Bears, you know, hit a big play downfield to Alshon Jeffrey, really picking up where they left off last year as far as being explosive on the offensive side of the ball. When Buffalo got the ball back, however, they drove the football down the field, giving us shades of the 2013 Bear defense. They were running the ball very well. That that uh, that fear that I had in the preseason where the middle of the field was open, there were some big plays downfield to Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods that ended up with a touchdown for uh, E.J. Manuel basically bootlegging into the into the end zone for the score. Um, the Bears um, got a little bit of movement in the next drive, but were ultimately had to punt the ball away. Um, we're not running. We've only run the ball twice so far in the ball game. We've run about 10 or 11 plays in the first quarter. Almost all of them have been passes. Forte is like two carries for five yards uh, at this point. Uh, we tried to get a little bit too fancy uh, in that second drive. There was a flea flecker uh, attempt that did not go well. Uh, there was a bubble screen play that, uh, you know, Cutler wasn't able to get the ball all the way out to Josh Morgan where he was on the field. So I think going into the second quarter, just do what we do. Be more straightforward. Throw the passes. Get the ball downfield. Uh, start running the ball to get Forte some more uh, running uh, with the ball and such in the second quarter, and I think we'll be okay. But right now, it's uh, it's 7-7 at the end of one, and Buffalo was th- just had third down, so they're going to be punting to us to start the second. It was that second drive that bothered me, obviously, a whole lot more than the first one did. The first one Uh, basically went the way that we as Bear fans thought it would go against this Buffalo team that that a lot of us maybe arrogantly felt was inferior to us uh, going into the game on Sunday. You know, our first foray onto the field on offense, four plays, 69 yards, boom, we're on the board. Before our defense even got a chance to get their seat warms on the bench, they got to get back out there on the field again and protect this lead. You know, they have to get on out there. And, um, you know, like I said, it was Cutler was three for three, had a big play for about 40 yards downfield to Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, it was a beautiful throw, beautiful, beautiful throw. And, you know, we just had that one run with with Forte that got about two, three yards uh, on the first carry. But it was that second drive, the second drive that was a little bit more, you know, like I said, Tressman just trying to get a little too clever uh, for his own good and it would come back to bite him later on in the game uh, as well with uh, in the th- what was the third and it was the fourth quarter and we'll talk about it when we get to the when we get to the fourth quarter but you know we, we we tried to do the flea flicker it didn't go that well it was rushed I mean there was uh, pressure up the middle so basically as soon as Forte got the ball he turned around and gave it right back to Jay and you know there wasn't one really any time for the receivers to get downfield. It didn't go off well. Uh, then we tried to do a, a little bubble screen uh, out to Josh Morgan. Like I said, 
the ball didn't get there. It was uh, he was either too far out or Jay misjudged how far out he was. The ball skips off the ground before it lands in Morgan's hands, and so on. The ball, you know, the drive stalls out, and we end up having to uh, to punt the ball away. You know, the second quarter was. I mean, and that was the first quarter where we, we had the flashes. We showed that we could move the ball down the field with relative ease. Um, you know, we, we had that good stand on, on the first offensive possession uh, for Buffalo. You know, stuffed them here, stuffed them there. Ended up getting a three on out uh, there. It, you know, the very beginning of the game was like, yeah, yeah, this is how we want this to go. But then after they drove the length of the field on us, um, it became that um, – that read option play that was that was going to be hurtful uh, to us because apparently we were very aware of how well Buffalo can run the ball, but completely unaware of the fact that EJ Manuel could run the ball himself because we got smoked on that play more than once throughout the course uh, of the football game. But uh, you know, as you'll hear me talk about in the second quarter knee jerk reaction, heading into halftime. I was really scratching my head. A knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Bills in the second quarter, and the the theme to the second quarter was turnovers. The Bears gave up two turnovers, a Brandon Marshall fumble, a Jay Cutler interception that resulted in 10 points for the Buffalo Bills, and it looks at this point as the second quarter closes, it's looking like Buffalo's got our number on defense because Anthony Dixon just had a big run. They were deep in their own territory, ended up getting all the way out to midfield before the before the ball stalled. The Bears were backed up in their own uh, end zone. They ran one play as they're walking into the into the uh, locker room right now. So if if not for the turnovers, who knows where it would be? But uh, two turnovers turn into ten points for Buffalo, and the Bears go into the locker room down by ten. But we do start with the ball in the second half, so we'll see what happens uh, in the last thirty minutes. <laughs> When your defense plays the way that our defense played in the second quarter, turnovers are going to be the death of you. Uh, and in the end, that, that turned out to be the end result because turnovers more than anything is what cost the Bears a victory uh, in this one. You know, the Brandon Marshall fumble, and th- it was surprising because Brandon, Brandon Marshall doesn't fumble. You know, he doesn't turn the football over. But uh, to have the ball pop out on him there, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills recover they turned that um you know they turned that into points it was it was disappointing uh the bills started getting a bit more freedom with with running the football ej manuel only threw the ball 22 times or 23 times 22 23 times uh on on sunday i mean jay cutler literally doubled up on everything that he did that ej manuel did uh ej manuel had 16 completions jay cutler had 34 uh, EJ Manuel had like 22, 23 uh, pass attempts. Cutler had 49. Uh, EJ Manuel had like 168 yards passing. Cutler threw for almost 350. Uh, and then the worst part and the best part uh, two touchdowns for Jay, one touchdown for Manuel, one interception for Manuel, two for Jay. So he literally doubled him in everything on Sunday, even touchdowns uh, and interceptions. But, um, you know, the interception to Martellus Bennett, that was, uh, it, it. you know, it depends on who you talk to, to if you want to uh, place blame or fault on on why that play happened. Uh, Martellus Bennett wasn't looking for the ball. He blames himself for not looking for it. The ball was way behind 
uh, Cutler on, on, or excuse me, way behind uh, Bennett, so it wasn't a good throw. And, and Corey Graham came down with the uh, with the interception on that one. Uh, it's yeah, it, it's frustrating to to think about, frustrating to talk about, just because we know we didn't lose to a better team on Sunday. That didn't happen. Uh, we knew that we beat ourselves more than the Buffalo Bills beat us. And that was because had it not been for our mistakes, Buffalo would not have won this game on Sunday. It's just that simple. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a hard pill to swallow, especially staring down the barrel of an 0-2 start when we're going to San Francisco uh, on Sunday night. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely tough. But, uh, you know, as I was saying with the defense having our number, Buffalo was starting to be able to move the ball relatively easily and and you know for the most part uh, we were having you know we were we were having success we were getting them off the field buffalo was only f- 4 for 12 on third down uh throughout the entire football game so it's it's not like buffalo was was basically blowing us off the ball or you know they were keeping you know long 12 14 play drives uh or anything like that uh the scoring drives for buffalo were short because they were result of turnovers so they never and and the the turnovers that occurred weren't ones that happened deep in their own territory and they had to drive the length of the field or anything like that these were always all of the turnovers happened at or around midfield giving buffalo the short field to have to manage uh you know their own drives one in particular uh was a one play drive that that put the buffalo up 17 to seven after the interception uh, Corey Graham almost took it all the way back for a touchdown, and it was a one-play drive on, on the bootleg again. It was, you know, faking the read option, and I think it was Fred Jackson, whoever the running back in the in the field, uh, whoever the back in the backfield was at the time, wide open in the flat, goes into the end zone untouched because we bit so hard on the fake. He was wide open to just walk in uh, to the end zone. It killed us more than once, like I said, on uh, – on Sunday, so it was disappointing to watch the Bears go down like that. But as you hear me talk about in the third quarter, the roles were reversed, and it seemed like the the Bears were were getting back on track. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Bills in the third quarter, and as bad as the second quarter was to watch, with the two turnovers resulting in the ten points for Buffalo, it's a the opposite. It was just as good to watch for the Bears uh, in the third quarter. Our opening drive was a long drive, ended in a nice Robbie Gold field goal to bring it within 17-10. Then after a Chris Conte interception, that's right folks, Chris Conte interception, uh, you know, making up for uh, missing the tackle that allowed a 47-yard run earlier in the game, but uh, you know, so he's he's about even for the game as far as good versus bad, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, the Bears were able to drive the football down the field. Uh, Brandon uh, Marshall touchdown reception later. It's 17-17. to 17. And in that quarter, we, we started focusing more on the run. Matt Forte was a bigger part of the offense. And, uh, you know, he's been running the ball very effectively. Remember, this was the 28th ranked uh, rush defense a year ago and uh, oh they're coming back now but uh, it's tied at 17-17 the Bears have the ball and we're driving so let's see if we can punish it off <laughs> so Chris Conti had the interception that set up a uh, scoring drive uh, for us and that 47 yard run that I was talking about 
Um, basically, it, it, we had Buffalo pinned back in their own uh, territory, I would say inside the inside the 10 at the at the very least. And um, a, a busted, you know, it's you go back and you look at it and it, it just it makes you wonder what exactly we're calling out there on defense with 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 Mel Tucker. Because when I looked at the play, um, the middle of the field should have been, should not have been wide open. It should not have been, because if you know, because they showed an end zone, an end zone shot where the play was basically coming right at us, and on the line of scrimmage, Jay Ratliff had two guys. He was taking a, taking on a double team. Stephen Paya had the other guard, you know, like the guard in the center, where we're double teaming uh, Jay Ratliff. The other guard was being occupied by Steven Paya, which should have left our linebackers basically untouched to get to the running back. Instead, there was nobody there in the second level, so Chris Conti had to come up and make the tackle. And we all know how fantastic he is at, at his pursuit angles when he's coming in from the third level to make a tackle. He misses the tackle or basically makes a sorry ass attempt at one because the tackle was broken and 30 something yards later we finally tackle Anthony Dixon around midfield now that drive stalled out but it instead put the bears deep in their own territory inside their own inside the red zone on our own side after we forced buffalo to punt the ball so you know it's it's things like that that ended up killing us buffalo like i said ended up with 193 yards rushing the ball because they had three guys over 50 yards rushing uh, on Sunday. Two, in fact, were over 60, and one was over 50 yards uh, on the ground. So from three guys, uh, neither of which who had much of an impressive day running the ball, um, but everybody made their made their uh, impact in one way or another. Fred Jackson, as you'll hear me talk about in overtime, Oh, we get to talk about Chris Connie again, but, um, you know, it just just sickening. But the thing is, the third quarter went really well for the Bears. We cut the deficit down. We went ahead and and, and tied the, the football game. Like I said, we got Matt Forte going in the run game. And as the third and the fourth quarter progressed, it would look like Buffalo didn't game plan for Forte. Because whenever Forte came out of the backfield, nobody was there to cover him. Whenever we got Forte the football, uh, you know, Forte was what twelve carries for eighty-seven yards in the game. That's way more than five yards a carry uh, on that one. I mean, he had a, a huge day as far as you know per, and he didn't have one of those big twenty-yard gains or or anything like that. It was uh, you know to start the second or the third, start the third or the fourth quarter. He had back-to-back like twelve-yard runs uh, to start off the a particular drive in one of the quarters and. You know, it was just like, well, we should have been doing this from the beginning, you know, because you heard me talk earlier on Forte's two carries for five yards after the first quarter. And it didn't really get much better than that before halftime. But, uh, you know, we got Forte much more involved in the second half and our offense started to move the ball a lot more easily. And and actually, the funny thing was it became something and I never mentioned it in any of the knee jerk reactions. So I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but we lost garza and slauson early in the game like before halftime so brian de la puente and and michael ola are two backup 
uh, lineman, our only backup lineman, because the only other offensive lineman we have on the roster, uh, Charles Leno Jr., our seventh-round draft choice, was inactive uh, for the game this Sunday. So if anybody else went down, we're trying to get a tight end or a defensive lineman to learn how to play whatever position that we need, or we are seriously reshuffling the line uh, so that uh, you know somebody like a defensive tackle has to play guard or something like that. It, uh, who only knows what would have happened uh, there? So, but uh, you know, but neither injury with with Ola, with excuse me with with uh, Garza or Slauson is thought to be um, serious. They're having MRIs and everything done today, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. Alshon Jeffrey left the game with a hamstring uh, injury uh, sometime in the second half because he was uh, he was there when when Marshall caught his touchdown pass. He was the one to greet him, so he was playing in the second half. And uh, you know Brandon Marshall himself, they call it a knee injury, but it looked more like a like a high ankle sprain to me uh, on one play. But he ended up finishing uh, the game, so it couldn't have been that bad. So. You know, we got banged up uh, in this game, and despite it all, we were still able to run the ball well, and, and Forte was able to really get going uh, in the second half. He had 170-something yards of total offense uh, on the ground and through the air on Sunday. He was the leading receiver and the leading, uh, you know, rusher in the football game for both sides. So he had an outstanding game. We just didn't see enough of him uh, early on in the game so that maybe, you know, this none of this would have been a problem. Uh, in the first place but uh third quarter was awesome fourth quarter on the other hand that was a different story <laughs> okay knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the bears and the bills and if not for our three turnovers in this game it would be over we would have won this one uh not by an impressive margin but rather easily uh, but because of a second jay cutler interception the bills were able to drive down the field kick a field goal the Bears, thankfully, were able to answer, even though the uh, the referees chose uh, that third and one play, a uh, pass to Santonio Holmes, where he was wearing a backpack shaped like Corey Graham more than five yards down the field, but no flag. Uh, they decide that, you know, they've called 87 of those penalties in this game and all of preseason, but not on that play when it was most obvious. So uh, Robbie Gold kicks the field goal to make it 20-20. Right now the coin toss is being done, and the Bears will take the ball to start overtime. It's 20-20. to <laughs> The play that I was talking about there with the uh, San Antonio Holmes, Corey Graham backpack thing was it was third and one. Uh, we were in field goal territory. Uh, we're trying to, at the very least, tie the football game. And for some reason, on third and one, we're throwing the ball. And this is what I was talking about with, with Tressman just being a little too clever for his own good sometimes. He wants to get the defense thinking one way while we do another. Uh, I mean, it, it you know harkens back to the Detroit game at home last year where here we are we're trying to go for the two-point conversion to to tie the game and we have three tight ends a fullback and a running back on the field and we throw the ball and then you know after the stupid Nick Fairley penalty gives us another shot or actually it's the opposite is yeah yeah we 
after the stupid Nick Fairley penalty gives us another shot. We have Marshall and Jeffrey out there. We have Martellus Bennett out there. You know, we look like we're in a pass formation. We try to run. We get stuffed for a loss and lose the game. Like we're trying to be too clever out there. Oh, well, we, you know, we passed when we had run personnel out there. Now we're going to put pass personnel and run because that's not what you think we're going to be doing. And instead they saw it coming from a mile away and stuffed us for it. Kind of the same mentality here. Third and one, that's a running situation. Third and one is a running situation, and Forte was having his way with the Buffalo Bills at this at this time. And you heard me mention before. Now remember, this is the 28th ranked rushing off defense from a year ago. So running the ball should be option one on third down. Now, unless Jay went to the line of scrimmage, saw something that he liked, and wanted to throw the ball instead, who knows? But third and one, that is a running situation. Fat, uh, Matt Forte was having a much easier time running the ball in the second half. Like he was, you know, like Forte's in amazing shape, obviously, because he looked like he was just getting started as the game was winding down. So where most people seem like they're running out of gas, Forte seems to be just hitting his peak. So, uh, you know, in that situation, we should have been looking to run the ball. Instead, we try to pass. And regardless of it, uh, Santonio Holmes was there. Corey Graham was wrestling with him basically and downfield they're way more than five yards down the field and Corey Graham is molesting him and there was no call we kick the field goal we go to overtime so um you know that was two disappointing things right, number one the play call number two the fact that uh you know the referees have been nuts with the uh with the penalties uh you know trying to enforce that five yard rule uh on defense and they don't call it there when it was pretty obvious what was, uh, you know, what was going on. So um, on to the interception now. Another third and one situation. Again, we're throwing the ball instead of running. Now Jay is rolling out to his right side. It's obvious the way that the play was supposed to go did not go that way because Jay is – Number one, he has all day to throw the ball. He was only sacked once, and it was uh, Mario Williams beating Jordan Mills off the, off the ball, period. Just one of those things. Williams is an all-pro. Jordan Mills, second-year player, hadn't played the entire preseason. It happened early on in the football game. Never happened again. As a matter of fact, you know, Jay was sacked twice, but – those were the really the only times Jay was under pressure throughout the entire football game. The pass pass offense or pass protection was outstanding, even with De La Puente and Ola in the game for most of it. Um, you know, Jay's rolling to his right, rolling to his right. He can't find anything. And two things you're not supposed to do as a quarterback. And I learned this in flag football when I, of all people, was the quarterback. Two things you don't do as a quarterback. You don't throw across your body, and you don't throw across the field. Jay Cutler did both of those things and threw an interception to a defensive tackle. A defensive tackle. The guy's been in the league nine years. He's never had an interception in his life until Sunday when he intercepted Jay Cutler on third and one. So, of course, Jay comes out in the press conference, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, says he would have thrown the ball away, obviously throw the ball away our defense was playing well the defense played well in the second half as a matter of fact if not for the turnovers and the short fields the defense actually played fairly well on Sunday 
I mean, regardless of the 193 rushing yards, which is a, which is actually worse than our 160 yards a game average from a year ago, but despite that, the defense did play well on Sunday, or played better than we'd expect them to. Would have liked a bit more of a pass rush from these guys than we paid all this money to, but that's neither here nor there uh, at this point. Uh, you know, the defense was playing well, especially at that point in the game. Throw the ball away, punt the ball. It was tied at that point. It was a 17-17 game. Punt the ball away, let the defense do its job, get you the ball back, we'll try it again kind of thing. You know? But instead, throws the interception. The Bills drive that down the field to kick the field goal to take the lead with about four minutes to go, and we end up having to come back. And thankfully, we were able to answer uh, to send it into overtime. So as you heard me say, the Bears won the coin toss, and they started with the football in overtime. But as we know, it didn't go the way we wanted. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Bills in overtime. And after going nowhere with our drive to start the overtime period, the Buffalo Bills drive the ball down the field, drive it all the way down to the one-yard line, thanks to a big run from Fred Jackson, where he made Chris Conti look like an absolute fool. Uh, he broke the run and was running down the sidelines. Conti got to him at about, say, the 15-ish yard line, shakes off the first attempt at Conti, then pushes him down as he rolls over top of Chris County, pushed out uh, at the one-yard line. The Bills kick the field goal to win the game and send the Bears to an 0-1 record to start the season and uh we get to look forward to going to san francisco uh with an 0-1 record uh in a stadium or actually not that stadium but we haven't won in san francisco since 1987 really looking forward to seeing how we're going to pull that one off so the bears lose it if it wasn't for the turnovers uh we might have actually won this thing but uh it didn't play out that way so we'll never know <laughs> And here's the thing about that run with Fred Jackson there at the end. Like I said, he broke the run, big, wide, gaping hole, wondering where the hell our linebackers were again. They were non-existent in this football game. There was a stat that I read last night. We played four linebackers. I'm guessing we're talking about McClellan, Bostic, Williams, and Briggs. Those are probably the four guys that played. Eight tackles between the four of them. Against the team that ran us for 193 yards on Sunday, our linebackers were nowhere. I mean, actually, it makes ton of sense that if our linebackers between four people had eight tackles, you would believe that they they actually had a decent day uh, running the football. So I don't know what the hell's going on with the linebacking core. You know, I'm not exactly putting placing all the blame on the linebackers themselves. You know, some of the blame has to go on Tucker because his guys are obviously out of position. You know, he's either making them read something that's completely wrong, like if so-and-so does this, you go here, and it's taking them out of position every time, or he's putting them in a position to not be where the play t actually takes place. It's unbelievable to watch our linebacking core, which used to be the pride and joy of the defense, the linebacking core, wither to what it is uh right now with the level of play that we're getting uh out of these guys despite the talent that is in the linebacking core right now it's just it's it's saddening is what it is now fred jackson like i said breaks through the line of scrimmage no linebacker to be seen anywhere 
makes it down the field. They're obviously in field goal range. Conti comes up. Now, he said in the postgame press conference he was trying to make him fumble because they had the field goal anyway. Now, that would make sense if he was Peanut Tillman and specialized in knocking the ball out of his hands or anything like that. As far as I know, Chris Connie's never forced a fumble in his entire life, so I don't know why he would pick that moment of all moments to try uh, and, and force the first one. You know, he's probably recovered a fumble or two, but he's never forced one to my knowledge. And why he picked that moment to do it, I'll never know. Uh, it's, you know, instead of going for the tackle, because uh, like I he it was about the 15, 20 yard line when they first made contact because he pushes Chris Connie off the first time and then the second time actually pushes Chris Connie back to where Chris Connie fell on his ass and then falls straight backwards flat on his back as Fred Jackson tries to, to dive over him to get into the end zone. The other safety, I believe, was Mundy, uh, you know, is the one that kind of forced the trajectory to out of bounds at the one yard line as opposed to just barreling over Conti and running into the uh, end zone. I mean, it made Conti look like the biggest fool and the biggest buster on the planet. I mean, it made him look so, so bad for a guy that really, really needs to do needed to do something to win over his home fan base. Because, number one, the fact that he's still on the team is almost looked upon as an insult to most Bear fans. It's like, why is this guy still here after the year he had last year not to mention being responsible for the biggest blunder that cost the season to end last year here he is and he's starting what the hell you know but it's just like oh my god i i couldn't believe it uh to make him look the way that he did uh last yesterday was just just so sad and you know buffalo uh ran one play to center it they went from the, the left hashed and E.J. Manuel kneeled it in, in the middle of the field. It was a chip shot field goal, went right through the uprights, no problem. But if, if Connie tries to tackle Fred Jackson right where or push him out of bounds, because it was right along the sideline, if he tries to tackle him or push him out of bounds right when they make initial contact, it's somewhere between the 15 and 20-yard line. Now, it's still only going to be about a 33 34-yard field goal, but it beats the hell out of an extra point attempt, which is basically what that field goal was. You know, there's a lot more degree of difficulty when you're 15, 20 yards down the field. So he said he was trying to go for the turnover because they had the field goal anyway. Um, and, you know, he just shows what a moron he is and how he, at this point, really deserves the animosity that he gets from us Bear fans. So... Yeah. Anyway, that happened. The Bears dropped the game. They go to 0-1 against Buffalo. We're going into San Francisco, and, yeah, we'll talk more about that in the preview episode on Thursday. I really don't feel like talking about it right now because it just makes me sad, uh, especially after the way that San Francisco kind of tore through uh, Dallas yesterday. Um, you know, it wasn't the biggest margin of victory, 28-17, to over the Cowboys, but it was 21-3 to after the first quarter because Romo was turning the football over uh, like crazy uh, yesterday, and uh, the, the 49ers were capitalizing on it, period. So if we have a day uh, next Sunday like we did against Buffalo, we'll get murdered by San Francisco, plain and simple. But um, 
Anyway, it was uh, extremely difficult. It was a shoulda, coulda, woulda game because had we not had the turnovers, I don't think Buffalo would have had the points. They wouldn't have been able to beat us. It just wouldn't have happened. So disappointing, but it's only week one. We got 15 more of these bad boys to go, so a lot of time to uh, to uh, improve upon that. So uh, everybody needs to calm down as far as hitting the panic button or anything like that. It was one game. It was a bad game. And you know what? It was week one. These kinds of things happened to week one. You know what else happened yesterday? The Miami Dolphins beat the piss out of New England yesterday. The the Jacksonville Jaguars went up 17 to nothing on Philadelphia before Philly had to come back to win the game. Uh, Pittsburgh went up 27 to 10 on Cleveland. Cleveland came back and tied it, and the the Steelers had to kick a field goal to win that game yesterday. It's week one. Crazy things happen on week one because this is the game that you get to prepare for the most coming into the season. It's the game that you're looking forward to the most and so on. So it's just one of those things. Yeah, it sucked. No, we should not have lost, but it's only week one. We got 15 more to go, and I don't think that this uh, really says who we're going to be this year, Also, although it doesn't leave a good taste uh, in anybody's mouth. So that's going to do it for the review segment. The Bears drop it 23-20 to in overtime to the Buffalo Bills. What do you say we go ahead and wrap everything up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for this week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, let's go ahead and dive right in on the positive side of things. Bear up to Matt Forte, an outstanding game he had for us. 17 carries, 82 yards rushing, uh, good for 4.8 yards a carry. Eight catches for 87 yards through the air. Uh, No touchdowns, though, unfortunately, but... uh, You know, right there, that's uh, 169 yards in total offense uh, from one player. And majority of that was in the second half. That's when we really got things going uh, with him uh, on Sunday was in the third and fourth quarters. Like uh, Buffalo didn't realize he was still on the team or something like that. But, uh, you know, maybe factor that in and then help us have a little bit more success against San Francisco on on Sunday night. Uh, bear down to our linebacking core four guys played the entire game and combined for eight tackles and like I said earlier I don't know if it's if it's a combination of things if these guys are making the wrong reads and everything Lance Briggs took responsibility for the big run from Anthony Dixon the one where where Chris Conti missed that tackle and you know it would have been a, probably like a 10 or 12 yard gain if Conti makes the tackle but he doesn't and it ends up being a 47 yard gain uh after the the tackle is broken but Briggs said he made the wrong read and was out of position and basically where he should have been standing is where Anthony Dixon broke through the second level to get into the third level and down the field for 40 yards so you know if if it, they're making the wrong reads or if Mel Tucker is make, just putting them out of position, whatever the reason, 
four eight four guys should combine for a hell of a lot more than eight tackles, especially when you're going against last year's number two rushing offense. Number two in the league last year running the football should have been a point of emphasis for us going into this thing defensively, and instead we give up 193 yards on the ground where uh, C.J. Spiller had 53 yards, uh, Anthony Dixon had 46 yards, Fred Jackson had 61 yards. So, you know, Spiller was the workhorse. He had 15 carries for three and a half yards a carry. But, uh, you know, Dixon and Jackson had the big runs, one for 47 yards. That run that got us, that got them down to the one-yard line was a 38-yard run uh, for Fred Jackson. So they got the majority of their yardage in chunks on one big play, but it was enough uh, to do the damage. So bear down to the linebacking core, for whatever reason, weren't there when we needed them on Sunday. So bear up to two guys. Uh, Brian De La Puente and Michael Ola, who came in uh, for relief uh, for the injured uh, Roberto Garza, for the injured Matt Slauson, and you wouldn't know the difference, honestly. Uh, no disrespect to Slauson or Garza, but these guys played outstanding. Uh, Jay Cutler, you know, wasn't really under pressure throughout the entire football game. We ended up giving up two sacks in the game. Uh, one was a straight-up rush, and Mario Williams, boom, he just got there. The other one was a little bit more of a hanging onto the football a little too long, and they were eventually able to get to him uh, kind of sack. So more of a coverage sack on the second one. But Ola and De La Puente played the majority of the football game. Ola, more than, than De La Puente, he played more of the game. Slauson went out earlier than Garza did. But, you know, like I said, you never know that backups were in the game. They played outstanding, both of them. Bear down to Jay Cutler. He was the leading passer in the game, 34-49, 341 yards and two touchdowns. But those two picks were killer. And they were both bad throws, bad decisions uh, made on Jay's part that resulted in, I believe, 10 points. Um, I believe so. Yeah. No. 30. Yeah, thir 10. It was 10 points. Uh, because the interception, the first one, to Martellus Bennett, where Corey Graham almost ran it back for a touchdown. That was a one-play drive for the Bills when they scored to go up 17-7. And then the second one was the field goal that uh, put Buffalo up 20-17 to that we had to answer for. So, um, you know, even though he had an outstanding day throwing the ball for the most part, those two interceptions were the difference in the game, period. Uh, without those two picks, uh, actually, without the last one, because that was the that was bonehead football 101 stuff. Like I said, I learned in flag football in seventh grade, you don't throw across your body, you don't throw across the field. He did both of those things on the same play, and that's what happened when you have a defensive lineman pick you off like that. That's just terrible, just terrible. So bear down to Jay. I'm not even going to put him on the bear up list for throwing for 350. Uh, bear up two. Martellus Bennett, who had an outstanding game, got a lot more looks uh, than we're used to seeing him get. Uh, eight catches, 70 yards, and the first touchdown uh, of the season for our beloved Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing from Martellus Bennett. I'm, I'm liking that I'm seeing him get a bit more attention uh, from Jay Cutler. It was nice to see him spread the ball around, actually. So Forte had eight catches, Marshall had eight catches, Jeffrey had five, and he didn't play most of the second half. 
Bennett had eight catches as well. Santonio Holmes had two catches. You know, so spreading the ball around a lot more is what we wanted to see. And I think that, um, you know, the the time that they spent in the offseason uh, training together with Forte and, excuse me, with, with Marshall and Jeffrey and Bennett and Marquise Wilson, hopefully he'll be able to come back this year. But the time that they spent together in the offseason, uh, Jay's got a level of comfort with all of them as opposed to having the man crush on uh, Marshall and only throwing to the other guys when they're when Marshall isn't open kind of thing. So Martellus Bennett did fantastic uh, in the football game. Uh, also, um, Brandon Marshall did very well, makes the bear-up list, eight catches, 71 yards, and the second touchdown uh, in the football game. And I'm more so giving him the bear-up for his heart because he did have the injury. Uh, you know, he came off the field and went and got taped up, came back, and – there was a play, you know, a few plays later, he comes out and runs a slant route across the middle of the field, and he had to kind of jump up to get it a little bit, and when he pushed off on that foot or that ankle or whatever was ailing him, you saw him come down favoring the leg. Like, that was the reason he didn't catch it was because the, the pain got to him or something. But he came back, he finished the game, uh, had a big catch on third and 10. He made a catch for about 15 yards that helped contribute to us scoring the um, the final field goal that tied the game and sent it to overtime. So bear down finally, last one to Chris Conti. <sighs> Missed the tackle on the big run uh, for Anthony Dixon and then thought he was Peanut Tillman and was trying to strip the ball when making the tackle at about the 15, 20-yard line, wherever it was. Uh, would have made it a much longer field goal attempt. He decided to concede the yardage and try to force the turnover. So um, horrible, horrible decision uh, that had a horrible end result and one that was embarrassing for him because not only did he get pushed off the first time he tried, he got pushed off and flat on his back uh, after the second failed attempt. So just just bad decisions all around from Kiss Conti. And like I said, this guy could use some goodwill uh, in Chicago, but he's doing absolutely nothing to earn it. So, I mean, like I said, he he had that interception in the third quarter, made a great play there, but made it easily forgotten with the other mistakes that he made uh, in the football game. So uh, I hear the Bears have already gone out and signed a new safety. Uh, his name is Ahmed Dixon, signed him off the practice squad of the Minnesota Vikings. Not sure how that's going to factor into this Sunday against San Francisco, but <laughs> the Bears aren't, Emery's not messing around. He's going out and fixing something he did not like uh, on Sunday. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it hasn't been officially announced by the Bears yet, so there hasn't been a corresponding roster move at this point. So we'll uh, probably talk more about that on the preview episode uh, on Thursday on what the consequences of that signing are. But uh, somebody's head's going to roll, and we'll have to see who that is. So that's going to do it. For the week one review episode of the Chicago Bears review, come back on Thursday when we will preview the impending doom of our trip to San Francisco. And I believe that we can beat the San Francisco 49ers. I believe we can do it. I will not be picking us to win that game. And, <laughs> you know, we've got the talent. We can definitely do it. We definitely do it. We just have to be able to put it together. It's just the fact that we're playing in San Francisco, and I don't like our chances. 
in San Francisco. So that's it. We'll talk about it on Thursday in more depth. And uh, until then, my name is Larry D. Thanks so much for listening to the Chicago Bears Review. Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.